This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast to support the show. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Guess what today is? What is today? The four-year anniversary of you not coming to my wedding. Aww. <laughs> I remember it fondly every day. I do. I think you're in Alaska. Happy, that sounds about right. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Thank you. Very nice. Um, we also have an exciting announcement. We do. So we're we're going to get out of our house. Well, yes. A house. <laughs> I'm going to leave my room. Yeah, I'm really impressed that you agreed to this. I have done all the legwork, obviously. We're having a meetup in Chicago. Um, it's going to be on October 5th at 5 p.m. at a bar called Fat Cat. It is in Uptown. Um, it's at Lawrence and Broadway. It is my favorite bar in Chicago. I had my engagement party there, and that's why I picked it, even though I do not live in Uptown anymore. Um, so far, so there is a um, Facebook uh, event. event page. So Hammond shared that on the Friendly Atheist page. Yep, and I, I will pass that along it. in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let us know if you're coming. We have we have like 50 people interested and like six committed to coming. So if you're coming, please let us know. Cause I need to let the bar know how many people to expect and saying 50 people are interested is not going to be super <laughs> helpful when it comes to blocking off tables. Right. So yeah, it's going to be Come fun. on down. We'll yeah. both be there. We're not recording a show. We are just no. hanging out, chilling out with people. It'll nope. be fun. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, or so I am told that's what happens when normal people go out. Yeah. I mean, fun will be had definitely by me, maybe by Hammond. I'm yes. clear at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you want to start with a super fun Chicago story while we're on the same track? Yeah. This happened last week, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it until now. Okay. So the Chicago Bears had their second game of the year. They <sighs> lost their first game. Uh-huh. And so it's like, oh, does the team suck this year? Who knows? You guys, when Hammond talks about football, I do the you... same faces when I talk about friends to Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I've never heard of this thing and I don't care yeah, about it. <laughs> that is accurate. So here's the, you don't care about the sports that's fine the bears won and they won it on a last second field goal kick by their new kicker and if you're in chicago like the bears have had a struggle with kickers so like the question is all has been all off season and in the new season like do they have someone who's good and they have this guy eddie pinheiro and he made the kick good for him they won the game but after two yards it was like a pretty impressive it was an impressive kick i didn't know if I was a betting man, I would not have bet he would have made it, and then he made it. Good for him. Yay. But anyway, after he makes it, and they're doing the post-game interviews, and he's the hero, first, he puts out a tweet. This is probably when he's back in the locker room. Uh-huh. If you don't believe in God, you better start believing he's real. Yeah. Thank you, Chicago. Which is a interesting <sighs> thing to say. And also in a post-game interview with the Fox uh, commentator. Did he point up at this guy? He did not point. He just gave a goofy smile. But he said, for everybody listening, man, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you better start because he's real. I promise you that. He got more specific. He got more specific, which I think happened first. And then he made his tweet just echoing that. But whatever, Tim Tebow did it. A whole bunch of NFL stars will do their little prayer song and dance to Jesus after they do anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is before the concussions set in. But here's the questions that they never ask that I wish they would ask. Like, if he missed the field goal... What does that mean about the existence of God? What would you have said then? Why don't they ever ask that in the follow-up? Who did they play against? Um, Denver. Denver. Which is... Denver is known as a Colorado, which is home. (laughs) Colorado has so many evangelicals, too. But at the... Okay, yeah. What would that have meant if you missed the kick? Also, why why does Jesus care about your kick? Like... 
I'm fine. You believe. That's all right. Why is this proof of God's existence? Like a gazillion people just like have their lives destroyed in the Bermudas from a hurricane. Right. And there are mass shoot. What? Yeah, sorry, Bahamas. And they have the Bermudas is next. Um, <laughs> Bermuda is next, and they have the mass shootings going on. Right. But wait. But do you not believe in God? I, I just gotta... made a kick. My job is a kicker, and I made a kick. I did the thing I get money for. I did kicking good. Therefore, <laughs> like. Oh my god. Okay, I typed some words on the computer screen. That's my job. God's that doesn't real. prove anything. And nobody followed up as far as I can tell with him. I mean, him. what, like, genuinely, do you think, A, do you think Sammy would follow up and be like, what are you expecting this guy to say, Hammond? I want him to say, I'm glad I made the kick, and then sure shut wish, up. I sure wish, wish God was focused on, like, <laughs> the AIDS crisis God or helped global me, warming. now he can help all the other people he's about to, like, kill off. Right. By the way, his teammate on the Bears was injured during the game and had to leave due to that injury. Oh. God did not help that he guy. He didn't pray good. Uh, what Pinero can he say? did not comment about that. Uh. And also, does he think no one on Denver's team prayed for him to miss Now Denver the is known as the godless capital of the world. I'm just saying reporters have who have access there, to these so... players, you could ask some very interesting follow-up questions but here. But he's not going to give interesting answers because he's a professional athlete. I, a Pause would be an interesting answer. (laughs) Anyway. um, Oh, boy. (laughs) God, that's the only interesting thing about the NFL this week. (laughs) There's another one. Sick NFL burn, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I got for you. Um, Can I say I hate football season? Because when I'm at the dog park, everybody always talks about sports. And, like, hockey I can talk about. Baseball I can definitely talk about. And then people try to make small talk with me about football. I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude. (laughs) I, I have no idea. You're not missing The ball out. is weird-shaped, right? Yes. Head injuries, domestic yes. violence, cool sport. <laughs> so speaking of head injuries, there is a YouTube channel. Uh, you may have seen it. It's called Prager University. That is the name of it. Dennis Prager is this conservative commentator. Basically, he puts out videos with featured and guests. And he calls his YouTube page University? Yes, he what does. What a pretentious twat face. Oh, we're not done with the pretentiousness. But, like, if you watch his videos, it's just right-wing propaganda. Okay. And occasionally a person who says, I'm liberal, but I'm a classical liberal, and the social justice people are not true liberals. Yes, it's all of that sort of stuff. Uh I've seen a video on there that said, if God doesn't exist, then murder isn't wrong. Let's talk about, yeah, that was their argument. No, 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 that's a really good Jumping off point, guys. <laughs> so nice it's just, work. It's right-wing propaganda. It's uh-huh. Christian nationalism. It's, it's if you think feminism is a bad word, there's the channel for you. Sure. But here's what's funny. The Prager made a video this week where he, someone had written an article about his videos and the propaganda mm-hmm. stuff, and they said, it's not an actual university. It's just a dude's what? YouTube channel. And it's not he, accredited? <laughs> and his Dennis Prager made a response that says, yeah, I'm a university. And I'm going to quote, now, if by university, if mm-hmm. university means by definition you grant degrees and you're accredited by whoever grants accredit, whoever credits universities, then no, we're not a university. Yeah, dude, that's what a university is, my man. Quote, but is that the only definition? Yeah. My contention. Words have meanings. My contention is that it is a university, but it doesn't grant degrees and it's not accredited. And that is accurate. We don't portray ourselves as what we are not. Except he does. But Wait, if is a this uni- all a quote? 
Yeah. But if a university is a place to learn and learn and learn and study and study and study and gain wisdom, then why aren't we a university? Because universities are things. They <laughs> Words have definitions. The definition of We are of lapsing uni- into anarchy at this point. <laughs> Which also would be a Prager University video. <laughs> the definition of university is a place that grants degrees. And also, if you watch his videos, you don't learn. You don't gain wisdom. You just learn how to be a dick online. (sighs) Like, you don't learn stuff. Um, And also, if you really wanted to use that definition, like, do you learn from us? Then we're a kind of university. No, there are places on YouTube where you can learn stuff. I watch some really interesting science and mathy channels that I find interesting. But (coughs) even those people, thank you. But those those people (laughs) are not claiming to be a university. They're just like, hey, we're geeks about this stuff and we want to share it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty much the right description. Oh, my God. Uh, So, like, if you... (laughs) So, Prager University, which isn't a university, Mm -hmm. is a university, says Prager. If you consider a millionaire a person who has access to millions and millions of dollars, then no, I'm not a millionaire. I have $26 (laughs) in my bank account. But emotionally, (laughs) emotionally, (laughs) I think I am a millionaire. I live my life in with a richness of friendship and dogs. (laughs) So, yes, I'm a millionaire. That is how millionaireing works. You guys, can you donate to our Patreon page? This is apropos of nothing, but I found this out yesterday because I I gave a talk in Chicago yesterday. A lady came up to me and said, you were talking about the Congressional Free Thought Caucus, Mm -hmm. which is this group of 10 people in Congress who gather uh, occasionally, but they're not there to advocate atheism. They're there to say we support science-based reason, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, evidence-based legislation. We support church-state separation. These are good things. Everyone should be able to get behind this. But there are only 10 members. And I showed a picture of the 10 members. And she comes up to me after and she says, well, you forgot one. I'm like, no, I, no, I didn't. That's the most recent update I got. And she shows me like, well, this member of the House, he's in the Free Thought Caucus. And I look at her phone and she's on the guy's house website. Uh-huh. So like official. And it says he's listed as the Free Thought Caucus. And I'm like, this is news to me. Who is this guy? And then I look it up and Um, I'm like, holy shit, there's another member I didn't know about too. And these were never announced. Because maybe they didn't want to put too much weight on people. You don't drop a PR about that. (laughs) Yeah. But in any case, Sean Caston, who is one of our own, like in our suburban Chicago. (laughs) Who I canvassed for? Who you canvassed for, is a member of the Free Thought Caucus. And he joined earlier this year and nobody announced it. Oh, my God. And also, the other one is a, a woman named Susan Wild, who is a Democrat in Pennsylvania, who also won in 2018. Uh... She's actually listed on the CFC's, uh, like the uh, Secular Coalition for America, I should say, Uh their website about the caucus. She is now listed as a member of the caucus. Sean Caston is not. Like, he is seriously under the radar here. But it means there are two more progressive Democrats who are actually part of the Free Thought Caucus, bringing us up to a dozen. Dope. um, Which is awesome. And I don't know why there are not more. There should be. But I'm very curious if, like, I assume... It's not publicized because they kind of want it to be under the radar. Yeah. I don't know why. Why do you join a caucus if you're under the radar about it? But also, I'm very curious mm. if any of these politicians would be hurt by that connection. Because 
it's not like the Free Thought Caucus has done anything controversial. Right. Um, but uh, maybe yeah. just the mere word free thought sure. is something that their opponents would use in yeah. a smear campaign. I hope not. It would be kind of almost funny to watch them try. Right. Like, what? You think? Never. Logic. I hate it. Vote for the GOP. Um, like to. And by the way, I should say the Chicago Sun-Times did mention, I looked this up in April, they mentioned that Kasten was a member of the caucus and literally nobody spread that anywhere. Huh. I don't think they recognize the significance. I feel like of a that. ten person caucus is maybe not the most interesting news that that somebody. But when can... it's the frisbee, well, like there is a, like a frisbee caucus and a random like anything you name has a caucus. It's like a club in college. There's a club for it somewhere. But you can in this never case, tell when you're kidding or not. There really is a but, frisbee caucus. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that's a real one. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a real one. But they have pretty random ones. And the whole point is, cool, there's now 12 who are willing to not run away from the word free thought, which is kind of nice. Right. Um, actually, on that note... Um, Tell me there's a Frisbee caucus. No, I am going to look that up, but I got distracted by another thing that I had been looking up. Um, so I oh, so I have transitioned into working full-time as a freelance writer, um, which is very exciting. If anybody has work for me, I would appreciate it. Um, but I am also volunteering on a campaign... Um, for Rachel Vanchera, who is um, who is a local Democrat in my district, uh, she's primarying Bill Foster, uh, running to his left on the Green New Deal, all that stuff. Um, so I will probably be plugging things, and I think she might even come on the show. Um, and that's all very exciting. So I'm going to be awesome. doing some some speech writing for her, and it's all very cool. And you guys should support her because we need money. So next thing. All right, next thing. Uh, we're going to do a pop quiz. All right. Are you ready for this? Here's the b- setup for you. Grand Rapids, Michigan, pretty conservative area, mm-hmm. home of uh, Betsy DeVos. Mm-hmm. That's, it's pretty conservative. There's a mayoral election coming up uh, later this year, and there are two candidates. One of them is the incumbent mayor, and another is a pastor. So the mayor uh, is Rosalind Bliss. She was elected in 2015. Mm-hmm. The incumbent is a local pastor named Daniel Shute. And the local newspaper asked them a series of basic questions, like get to know the candidates, sure. right? Um, I'm going to read off some of their answers, and I want you to tell me if you could figure out which who said the following. Oh, I'm going to hate this, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Who, why should the voters elect you? There is question one for you. Why should the voters elect you? Who do you think said this, the mayor or the pastor? Why should the voters elect you? My goal is that... Grand Rapids earns a reputation as the best mid-sized city in the Midwest, the best city to work, live, and visit. Great place to call home, a vibrant city that is safe, secure, with opportunity for all. Sounds like a mayor. That does sound like a mayor, doesn't it? Oh, no. Here's the other option. I would like to help all of the citizens of Grand Rapids to live a more happier, healthier, and productive life based on the principles given to us in God's holy scriptures, the Bible. Whoops, doodle. <laughs> the mayor said that? No. No, no. The pastor said the second one. The mayor oh, okay. said the first generic, pretty bland oh, okay. answer. Okay. I thought there was gonna be like a huge fun twist. No, that, that is that, not like, the, the mayor twist. was the one who was like right. prostitutes. But I will read you. If elected, what will your top priorities be? Mm-hmm. Uh, here is you tell me who said this one. Okay. To proclaim the glory and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoa. Can you guess? Can you? Uh, get, you'll that never guess. That is the. Oh pastor. my God! Who is Christ? Who is the only answer to every one of our problems and challenges? 
Did you also, say answer like that because it's italicized? Because it is in quotes. Oh. He said, quote, answer. Also, his goal is to seek to make the city of Grand Rapids a, quote, sanctuary city for all unwanted children destined to be murdered through abortion. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Yes. I was very curious. Okay. That is the wildest sentence <laughs> I have ever heard. Question three. How can we fix our housing crisis? Uh-huh. How do you even work the Bible into this one? Let's find out. God said, How can we feed fix- the hungry and clothe the needy or whatever. So we're going to use that. Close. Educate Jesus. in a personal way how any Grand Rapids citizen can acquire clean, adequate housing by following the principles given to us in God's holy word, the Bible. That one felt wedged in. <laughs> right? <laughs> that felt like an afterthought like, a little oh bit. Oh, no, I forgot. Let me toss it in there. <laughs> anyway, um, so that guy's actually running for mayor oh against the mayor. Is the mayor Democrat or Republican? Um, I don't know if it's a partisan election, but she seems to be a Democrat. Yeah. I don't actually know that for sure, but she's a pretty typical, like, sure. yeah, I want to make the city better. Yeah. So Grand vote Rapids. for me. We'll continue the work. There you go. They have good breweries. I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have a lot of mega churches. Um, so anyway, this, should, this isn't even an election. This isn't hard, Grand Rapids. Don't F this up. Oh, you guys, that's right. rough stuff. There is, um, yes, please. Yeah, I want to say things Go. now. Okay, first Go. of all, a story you told me is old. I just confirmed, not old. What? This, so a Minnesota public school board, you reported on it the last week. I thought we talked about it last week. I don't think we did. All right. What do you, we because got? I read this for the first time today and thought it was the most bananas okay. thing I've heard in a minute. So um, there's a chair of uh, Brannard School in um, Minnesota. MN is in Minnesota, right? Yes. God, that's embarrassing. You got this. Um, so they were discussing their upcoming curriculum. <laughs> and the chair of the school board said, um, I have a question. I did have oh, a question. the background for this. Oh. The like our administrator in the district who runs like teachers and how to help teachers out and a science teacher were talking about changes to the curriculum and they were presenting their work to the school board. Mm -hmm. And so the board was kind of asking questions of their presentation. Um, And she said, I quote, Kern is her last name. I don't have her first name. Um, I did have a question about evolution. You know, Darwin's theory was done in the mid-1800s, and it's never been proven. So I'm wondering why we're still teaching it, which is crazy. So um, To their credit. The the staff faculty was like, no, it's super, like, scientific and proven. They gave, like, the most... It's gotten stronger with, like... (laughs) Any all the advancements we made, like you know, given DNA. the circumstances, they gave the most calm, rational answer. Like it's not. I here's bet they're what... ready for this. If this woman is this bananas crazy, yeah. like, um, so she said, and then and she responds, and then with regard to your Christian students, then how do you do that? How do you tell them because they are taught not to agree with that? So, um, <laughs> so this is Craig, um, Craig Rezik. This is a great quote. Quote, this is science, and science doesn't deal with the belief system. We deal with facts. It doesn't have to be a dilemma or a concern with somebody to choose between evolution and Christianity. You can actually embrace both. Yeah, they, they were very calm. They did a good job trying to answer those questions. If she thinks we shouldn't believe in evolution because, <laughs> because Darwin figured it out in the 1800s, who's going to tell her about gravity? Yeah, yeah, that was discovered, like, hundreds of yeah, years ago. Yeah, I don't know... 
gosh, it's he's also just a theory. Oh. Such a good I, And I imagine the teacher was sitting there like, this is a worse question than the ones my kids ask, but I have to explain this to you like I would explain it to a, a kid. A child. Um, she apparently was elected in 2012. Um, when she ran for a second term, she promised, quote, to maintain family conservative values and culture. And according to her LinkedIn profile, she's a registered nurse. Uh-huh. Who does not believe in evolution. Who doesn't believe in science. Good luck to you, patients. <laughs> um, oh, actually, I want to talk about this really yes. quick. Um, first of all, thank you to all of our listeners, because as soon as... So we l- talked last week about how SNL had hired this guy, Shane Gillis, who turns out to be like a homophobe and super racist. Um, and I decided it was my personal mission to get him fired with all of my sway of, you know, 1,300 Twitter followers. Um, so he was fired, and thank you to our listeners, because about 20 of you tweeted at me like, hey, Jess, <laughs> you did it. Um, so he was fired for his horribly racist comments. Um, and so I dug she in... He didn't make, like, a decade ago. No, no, he made them, like, yesterday. September. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I was looking into a little bit more about what happened here and, like, how he... So normally these... Uh, normally SNL cast members are, are uh, brought up through Second City or Upright Citizens Brigade, things like that, the Groundlings. Um, this guy's a stand-up comedian from, from Pennsylvania, doesn't necessarily have that training, which isn't unusual, right? Like, they have stand-ups sometimes as well. Um, but the reason that they didn't necessarily look into his background at all was because it was sort of a last-minute hiring decision, from my understanding, and that Lauren Michaels, who's run SNL for the whole time, he was um, actively looking to cast a comedian for its new season who would appeal to more conservative viewers. Um, he wanted to counteract the appearance of liberal bias on the show, given that it would, it's really popular now because they're just dunking on Donald Trump every, every week. Because it's easy. Because it's easy. Um, so Lauren Michaels was trying to appeal to conservatives. It's just interesting that, like, in their attempt to appeal to conservatives, they just stumbled across, like, a guy who has a whole history of using racism yeah. as his sense of humor. Um, I saw on Twitter today, Aaron Mankey, who um, hosts the podcast Lore, said, it's interesting, like, Twitter can't put up a um, neo-Nazi filter because it would filter out too many conservatives. And SNL tried to hire a conservative and hired a racist homophobe. It's almost like there's a pattern here. <laughs> Um, so anyway, thank you for celebrating with me, everybody. It was a very satisfying moment. Um, <laughs> I was at the... God, I keep talking about the dog park because this is my life now. Um, this guy and I were chatting who I've known for, for a long time. And he was like, can you explain what his jokes were? And I was like, oh, they weren't jokes. They were just like... Chinese people Chinese talk imitations. Yeah. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Comedy, cutting edge. <laughs> What a tw- also, his not apology was such fucking garbage afterwards when he was like, um, wh- like I-, I-, I was funny enough to get on SNL and they can't take that away from me. Are you sure, sir? Because it seems like they literally took that away from you. Because uh, you're is an trash. <laughs> Sorry, this is an Arby's. Anyway, thank um. you for celebrating with me, everybody. It was a really <laughs> joyous moment. There is a high school in Alabama, Opalika, High school, and they, here's the problem with what they were doing 
They have their football games on Friday nights. Uh-huh. There were kids who Friday prayed. Nights, I've heard of this. Yep, yep. They have prayers before the game, uh-huh. which wouldn't be legally a problem, except the students were given access to the loudspeaker system on the field Ish. to say the Christian prayers. Well, you can't do that. There's actually a Supreme Court case that says you can't do the thing you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, the Freedom From Religion Foundation sent them a letter saying you can't do that. The school district agreed we will find. We'll just do a moment of silence. Does that solve the problem? Yes. Enough, yeah. Totally solves the problem. But here's the thing. In response, so last Friday night when they had their game, there, there's video of this. During the moment of silence, a bunch of students were like, we're going to defy the moment of silence oh, and brother. say the Lord's Prayer during the silence, which is their right yeah. and also their assholes. Yeah, like, like it's eye-rolly AF. Yeah, like I'm going to use your moment of silence to be loud and obnoxious. Because but my beliefs are more important than your beliefs. Here's what's weird. Like the news coverage of that event was very much like, well, look at what these kids did. They really stuck it to the atheists. Oh my this God. is the local so CBS brave. affiliates. Here's the article so in the local CBS affiliate. So great to stand up for the most popular religion <laughs> in the entire world. Listen to this. A national group who wants to stop prayer at Opelika football games will not be successful. Oh. At least not completely. They don't want to stop prayer. That is a different thing than what they wrote about. And they were successful. They got exactly what they it's wanted. It's like they're being willfully obtuse. Yeah. The foundation likely didn't count on students praying anyway. <laughs> Dude, yes, they did. They know students pray. They support the students' right to pray. I love that this is like framed like a Disney movie where it's like the scrappy Christians against the evil oppressing atheists, question mark. Right, the oppressive atheists who said, just don't use the loudspeaker and then do whatever you want. That's what's oppressive. That's what they're mad about. And they also said, students say they will not let a Wisconsin-based organization tell them how to run their school. Wisconsin. Yeah. Because every group is based somewhere. It's a national group. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so. And by the way, they even. Fucking carpetbaggers. (laughs) One news outlet actually interviewed Chris Line, who's the attorney for FFRF, who wrote that letter. And they're like, hey, what do you think about the prayers? And he said, um, if they give a moment of silence where some people can do what they want and some people can pray and it's all individual choice, then that is completely fine, unquote. Like, that's it. <laughs> Chris is just like, yeah, Fucking it's totally, own. it's fine. Why would I be bothered by this? <laughs> Todd Starnes, a Fox News guy, his headline's like, Alabama students defy atheists. Oh my No, goodness. they didn't defy this atheists. This is like the movie Newsies all over They're again. so desperate to be persecuted. Yep. That they make up these stories about how, like, look, we prayed, and look at us showing you Daddy. who's boss. Dottie. Dottie is so mad at the podcast that she, she's, like, running through the wire. She just got herself tangled in my headphones and then nice. saw a fucking squirrel. I think we're still good. Um, uh, or we yeah. won't be able to hear you for the rest of the show. No, it was my headphones, so I won't be. <laughs> okay, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> um, this is good news. The okay. Clergy Project, yes. which is this program that helps preachers, pastors Mm -hmm. who are still working in their church, but who have now realized, I don't believe in God, but this is my career now, Uh so what do I do? And the Clergy Project is kind of an online forum where they could anonymously discuss their doubts and what do they do from here. Um, But the administrators know who they are. They got to vet them. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the Clergy Project's been going on for several years, and they just hit a new milestone 
they now have the thousandth person to come into their forum. Wow. Like vetted, come through. Not all of them have, quote unquote, like left, left the, the system, yeah. but thousandth person is now a member of the thing. Uh, that includes current and former participants, and they called it a, quote, as a joke, a secular miracle, <laughs> partly because it didn't occur to them that they would find each other like this. Can you imagine being secretly yeah. atheist but running a church and then realizing there's like a thousand more of you out there? Yeah. And that's just the people who know about the clergy project and actively signed up. Right. How many more are there who haven't said anything? It's almost preposterously niche. Like, it's such a small segment of potential people. Like, I don't know how many, like, priests, like, you know, church workers there are in the country, but, like, that's to get a thousand people for yeah. this, like, the most niche group of humans <laughs> you can imagine is is incredible, and, and they're doing really good work over yeah, there. Yeah, so congrats to them. This is a surprising thing I saw this week. Oh, yep. There is a, uh, his name is George Kratakos. He's the mayor of Clearwater, Florida. He is a Republican, and so he's the mayor of a city. They don't really get much legislative power here. Uh, so not to Clearwater? Do Clearwater. They can't do a lot in, for gun violence because it's a mayor of a city. What are you really going to do? Yeah. But so he that's did where Scientology is based out of. <laughs> right. So. I think that's right. He, he asked his right. city council to support an ordinance supporting a ban on military-style assault weapons and mm -hmm. high-capacity magazines. He also wanted an expansion of background checks. He wanted to institute a red flag law so guns don't get in the hands of anyone who might be a threat. But again, he's a mayor. This is a resolution. It sure. doesn't carry the weight of a law. Right. But it's kind of saying, like, look, in our city, this is what we support hey, lawmakers, it would be nice if you did something about yeah, this. Yeah, it's a little bit of posturing and, and you know, performative and stuff. Again, it's a little surprising because he's a Republican saying oh, all this stuff. I missed that yeah. part. But here's the thing. they He was asked, like, so why are you as a Republican backing all of these policies that your party doesn't like, mm -hmm. most Republicans don't like? And here's his quotation. I've gone to church. I've prayed. My prayers aren't working. <laughs> wow. He figured it out. Holy shit. God's not going to fix it. So he's like, we need to actually take action. That is like a fucking nuclear bomb. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, he's still, a, he's still a believer. He's a member of the Holy Trinity Greek Orthodox Church. Sure. But basically, he's like, well, it's policy and we need to be pragmatic. So we need to do something. Now, is this the first time in the history of the world that somebody's prayed on something and then changed their mind instead of just reinforcing whatever they believed already? I would like to think the answer is no, but I don't know any other examples. <laughs> um, now, this said, there are five members of his city council, including him. Uh -huh. He's voting for this ordinance. The one Democrat is voting for the ordinance, but the two Republicans and, that, that and one Independent are still on the board, and they're, they're, they take issue with it because they think it goes too far. So it's not like this ordinance is even probably going to pass. Right. But the idea that the Republican mayor said, look, my prayers aren't working, That's so let's an do this. incredible quote. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you want to wow, talk wow, about wow. Sean Spicer? We have to talk so about badly. Sean Spicer. Okay, did you? I didn't. I don't watch Dancing with the Stars normally. I actually considered. It I don't watch crappy reality TV. 
Um, You're not looking all at of me. it's crappy. I was gonna say all I watch is Survivor. Oh yeah, you show. do watch Survivor. This um, so good. I've been watching with my friend Leah, who lives in Portland. We've been watching. Contact our... me. Let us discuss Survivor. <laughs> I can't believe it's a still on and B. Survivor South Africa, not that good. Survivor Australia this season, amazing. Yes, I watched the foreign editions of the show. Oh my god. <laughs> um, have you heard of the show? Are you the one? This is such a tangent. No. So it okay. It is an incredible, like, I like some trash rea- reality show. I don't tend to watch, I don't, I don't usually seek it out. But Are You the One is the most incredible premise. So it's like 10 people-ish, mm-hmm. 10 or whatever, an even number of people. And they have been paired up for their, like, one true match, right? So somewhere in the house is a person who is, like, scientifically proven to be their, like, one true love, which is the best part of this, is of, like, well, if the scientist said it, then we're definitely a match. And then their job as a group is to figure out who is each other's partners. And if they do that, they win X amount of money. This is a good show you're telling me? This, see, okay, okay. First, I just need to tell you how fucking funny it is because whenever they, like, at the end, they try to pair up and see how they did and they put their hands on, like, laser scanners <laughs> to, to establish if they're matching. And then, if they, like, they go in this room if they think that they've matched up and there's, like, this, like, green, like, very matrixy green, like, body scan. Oh it's so faux scientific. It's incredible. <laughs> but this season, and this is the first season I've ever watched because my friend Leah wanted to watch it with me, it, everybody is... Um, is sexually fluid is sexually fluid. Okay. So it normally was like five straight guys and five straight girls. Yeah. Eight straight gr- guys and yeah. eight straight girls. Everybody is open to dating Everybody. somebody of yeah, of either gender. Okay. And so it doubles the trickiness because <laughs> anyway, it's so good. <laughs> I like so it horrible. so much. And there's this trans guy who is like giving me life because he is like clearly just he's living out his I was a conservative and then I went to college and I'm just making out with everybody I can because I like I found myself. Like he is like Jessica sophomore year of college. Just like, <laughs> will you make out with me, please? Great. Perfect. Do you have a face? Good news. I'm a kiss it. <laughs> anyway, I cannot recommend it highly enough. I'm really I don't, enjoying I it. I don't even know what channel this is on. It's MTV Dada. Oh, okay. Anyway, what, oh, so Sean Spicer. Oh, so right, Sean Spicer. I just Spicer. want to talk to everybody no. about Are You the One? <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, Sean Spicer, who's now on uh, Dancing with the Stars, um, he, he, I don't know why he's on Dancing with the Stars, but they cast him. He's a professional liar. Yeah. He should be a disgrace, but they're like, let's give you money to dance. Why? Who knows? But anyway, he did his first episode and he danced, or I should put that in quote hands, um, he actually didn't get the worst score. There was another duo that scored lower by the judges than he did. He Who got, was it? I don't know. He got 12 points out of 30, which is low. Someone else got 11. And then the audience votes, and they decide who goes. Anyway, here's what he tweeted after the show. Because Mike Huckabee so said... Fuck. Like, listen. Mike Huckabee's like, go Mike, Sean Spicer. Mike Huckabee earnestly using the word, the word Holly weird is genuinely the funniest thing that's <laughs> happened in 2019. So... After Mike Huckabee sends him some support, Sean Spicer, in a now-deleted tweet, said this. Thank you, Governor Huckabee. Like, clearly the judges aren't going to be with me. Let's send a message to hashtag Hollywood that no, those of us... No, he said Hollyweird. I swear to God. Uh, Spicer said Hollywood. That those oh. of us who stand for hashtag Christ won't be discounted. 
He wanted people to vote for him because that's what good Christians would do. Yeah. Like, how low do you go that, like, this is persecution if oh my. my sucky dancing doesn't make it through to the next so round? So embarrassing. Um, yeah. So if you don't vote for him, you hate God, apparently. And by the way, he makes it sound like the judges aren't going to be with me. There have been so many conservatives on the show. Oh, my God. Tucker Carlson, Rick Perry, Tom DeLay, Bristol Palin have all danced on the show. They all got a fair shake. And, like, whatever. They did how they did. And But Spicer is like, well, they're out to get me by casting me and giving me six figures. Oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> I Do you have any other stories? I have one more. Okay. Uh, two more quick ones. Okay. One is there was a study this week about thoughts and prayers. It was published this week in uh, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Basically, here's a simple version of what How these two researchers did. How do you double blind thoughts and prayers? That's a very good question. Here's what they did. I'm going to s- try to simplify this. After Hurricane Florence hit North Carolina, these two researchers said, let's survey respondents who were affected by the hurricane. And they said, here's some money for you mm-hmm. to participate. So take this seriously. Yeah. And here's an extra five bucks that we want you to use in this experiment. And we want to know, if you are Christian, because we asked you questions and you are Christian, uh-huh. uh, would you spend any of that money to receive uh, prayers from either a random Christian, mm-hmm. stranger, doesn't know you, or a priest? Like, how much are those worth to you? Okay. And then if you said, I'm not religious, they said, okay, would you spend any of that money to receive Thoughts from a random Christian or thoughts from a random atheist. And they said, like, is it worth anything to you to get this stuff? Those are my two options. Those are their two options. I'm simplifying it by a lot. So if they're listening to this, like, I'm probably, like, butchering their paper here. But here's what they found. Like, for example, a Christian would spend more money to get a prayer from a priest, which makes sense. Like, it means more than a prayer from a random person because they're closer to god or something like that but here's what's weird the atheists or the the non-christian side of this like do you want thoughts from a random believer Uh no in fact i will give you a dollar 66 to not give me that prayer (laughs) that thought and when it came uh, they were willing to pay a dollar 66 to avoid prayer from a priest and they were willing to pay even more, $3.54, to avoid prayer from a random believer. And the point here is, thoughts and prayers were not just meaningless for the, for the atheists uh-huh. in this survey. They were literally worth less than nothing. They would pay money to like avoid. It's like someone saying, hey, do you want to listen to a new song? And you're like, all right, well, I haven't heard it. I don't know if I like it. Yeah. Versus, do you want to hear the most annoying song in the world? Right. No, here's a dollar. Yeah. Don't play it at all. Oh, my That's God. What this... That's incredible. Oh, I love research. It's so fun. And one last story. So specific. It's so specific. I love it. One last story is that, so for every time I see a story about financial shenanigans in the church world, uh-huh. one group always pops up. The Catholic Church. No. Oh. It is a group called the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. So long story short, in the 70s, you had these televangelists and Jim Baker, and they were like basically screwing people out of their hard-earned money. Sure. And sure, the government tried to do something, but what can you really do? So all of a sudden, this Christian group pops up and says, well, we are a bunch of like nerdy CPA type Christians. Uh-huh. Like, 
give us a, you pay us a little bit of money to be a member. It's like the Better Business Bureau. Like, listen, if you, except you don't have to pay the Better Business Bureau, I don't think. But they said, look, let us audit your stuff. Let us look into your finances and we can give you a Christian based seal of approval that says, yeah, you're using your money fairly, wisely, responsibly. It's like Charity Navigator or the Better Business Bureau, but just for churches. Okay. Um, now, so I always hear their name. Like this church has a certificate of like accountability from the ECFA. Okay. Like they are, they have a seal of approval from them. But here's the thing: a Christian publication called World, which does some really good investigative pieces every now and then, they actually looked into this. And here's what tipped them off. Basically, we talked about this in the podcast before. There's a church called the Harvest Bible Chapel. It's a mega church outside of Chicago, and their pastor had to resign because uh-huh. they basically found out he was taking all the money, spending it on the worst things. He hired, he was thinking about hiring a hitman to go after his son-in-law. Holy shit. He was friends with Man Cow, the shock jock DJ oh. guy. But oh, anyway, I remember we talked about this. Yeah, guy. we did. So this church was Never like get somebody's friends with Man Cow. Right? This <laughs> church was basically using money in all the wrong ways. Uh-huh. And yet they had a seal of approval from the ECFA. And uh-huh. it's like, well, how come the ECFA didn't catch any of this for years? And the short answer is like, we don't actually know what they did when they looked into the church. Well, if there's no transparency, then like we just have to take your word on its face. Yeah, ECFA doesn't say here's what we looked at and here's what we found. They just said, no, we gave them the stamp of approval. Does and we they have... don't approve? Good question. Thank you. And also, um, why? how do you make money? as you're, If you're the ECFA and you're the watchdog, uh-huh. how do you make any money to stay in business? And their answer is, well, if you're a mega church uh-huh. that needs auditing and whatnot, you pay us based on the number of members you have. If you're a very tiny church and you want our approval, you don't have to pay as much. But you got to pay a membership fee to get them to look at you, and then they might give you the seal of approval, which means if they look at a megachurch uh-huh. and they say, we are so not approving you, what's the megachurch going to do? Well, we don't want to be a member of your organization, yeah. then give us, like, we're not so going to pay you So it's a self-selected group. Yeah. So basically, huh. the ECFA has an, in- and, and the ECFA has an incentive to give false positives mm-hmm. when they, like, when a more independent group might say, no, you're not doing a good job. And since you don't pay us, you don't have help our payroll, we don't have to be nice to you. Right. Here's a fair assessment. ECFA has a vested interest in making sure these groups succeed on paper. Mm-hmm. So maybe they don't do as much digging as they should. In fact, the article said if ECFA terminates members, it cuts off revenue. And that approach, according to people oh, they spoke sure. to, that approach appears to value the confidentiality of member organizations more than a donor's need to know what's going on. Interesting. So, like, and by the way, like, as long as you abide by their standards, right. which are pretty loose and include, like, do you agree that... Have you hired a um, hitman in the last 12 months? <laughs> as long as you agree to their brand of conservative Christianity and you pay the fee, you're probably going to be accredited right. by them. So... Man, huh. even who's going to police the police, right? Who's going to watch the watchdogs? Sure. All right. That's all cool. I Cool. Uh, I just have one more thing before we, we wrap up for the day. I know Hammond has to hit the road. Um, so I got an email this week, um, and I would like to address it, if that's okay with you, Hammond. Yes. 
The email reads as follows. Jessica, I can't help no- but notice your anger seems to be directed at all men rather than the conservative, Christian, Republican, whatever men that are doing shitty things. If somebody did the same against women, gays, trans, etc., you'd be the first to be up in arms. Hell, you even shit on Hemet quite often. How dare you? <laughs> I know you're aware of this because you complain about the emails you get. Don't you reflect on why you get them? Maybe stereotyping like you do should be something you work on. <laughs> Um, so I would like to just kind of respond to this quickly because that was four paragraphs of saying not all men, yeah. <laughs> right? Like that's all it was is I didn't personally do this bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I would just like to kind of address that. And, um, here I go. Uh, so here's why the not all men argument, which in other words is this, is you say men are bad, but I'm not bad. So like you're hurting my feelings and how could you do that to me? Me, a man. Yeah. Um, it's a bad faith argument to start with. The discussions we have are about patriarchal realities and whether you, I'm going to call him Greg because that was the name I kept thinking in my head, <laughs> whether you, Greg, are personally doing these things, it, it, that's not about you. It's not about whether you personally are doing these things. It's about these systems that exist. And you're turning the conversation toward you, which sucks. And you're turning the conversation away from the real problem, which is that women are paid less, they're, they're liked less, they're treated worse, they're victims of violence at, at greater numbers. Um, so it's just a garbage argument and, and not a way to move the, car, the conversation forward. The other part is that, yeah, Greg, you are part of the problem. Being a man comes with unseen and unexamined privilege, and frequently this leads to lack of perspective and a less, lack of understanding of that privilege. If you aren't pro- part of the problem, great, good job, congratulations. But are you sure you're not part of the problem? And why are, when I call out shitty men and say men are trash, which they fucking are, why are you defensive? Because when Hemet makes fun of me for being white, I don't get that. I don't think you've gotten any emails that are like, Hemet, you need to be nicer to Jess because she's a white. And we're <laughs> fragile by nature. So if I'm saying men are trash... More sunscreen would help. <laughs> If I'm saying men are trash and you're personally offended, maybe you should look in the mirror and see why you have that response. Um, so that's kind of what I have to say. If somebody says, if Hammond says or whomever, white people suck or white people are doing this <laughs> thing, I have the intellectual capability to say, not maybe I am not actively doing this bad thing, but... As a white person, I am almost certainly complicit in allowing the thing to continue. And as a white person, I am responsible for my actions to make sure that I am raising the boat of white people because we collectively are not a strong group. So, yes, men are trash. Greg, you may or may not be trash. (laughs) This email suggests maybe you super are trash. Don't be defensive when I'm not talking about you. Understand how rhetorical conversations work. Don't be a fucking asshole. That was the end of my... I wrote it down. I usually don't write down my rants. Oh, don't slow clap me. I'll fucking kill you. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but if you guys want to write to Hemet about how mean he is to me about being white, I would really appreciate some defenders. Don't encourage them. Um, and with that, with that, we wait. You can um, buy a cross stitch and bitches get stitched done. Um, I'm doing a bunch of custom orders right now. Super that is fun. at Etsy. At, at Etsy, thank you. You can follow Hemet at, at Hemet Meta. You can follow me on Twitter at Bluery B L U E B U R I E. And don't forget, if you want to come say hi to Hemet and me, uh, have a drink or with us. Or just 
tell Jessica to her face what she would say during an email. Please do that. Oh, my God. It would be so much fun for me. Um, come to Fat Cat. It's in Uptown at Lawrence and Broadway uh, on October 5th. It's a Saturday. It's at 5 p.m. We'll have a Facebook link with more details yeah. in the show notes. The Facebook invite says it's 5 to 8 p.m., but it's really 5 p.m. to question mark. So I'll, I'll be leaving at 7. <laughs> I'll be leaving promptly. Just so Okay. You know. Talk to you next week, Bye. guys. Bye.